0: Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. just so want to say thank you. Lord, we give you all the praise. We bless your name for what you are doing. We thank you for your grace. I took people, oath, you say, Lord, we say let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we go through your word, we ask that your grace will be with us. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen, amen, Jesus, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, well, we would be a bit um, brief today because we want to give people the opportunity to step out and do evangelism. And, you know, we have to tidy up, then go, so we still have um, a bit more to do. Uh, what we are talking about is discipling nations, discipling nations. It's just an offshoot of what we've been talking about for the past two weeks. I'm just going to just touch base and take it away from where we what we discussed last week. Genesis chapter t- t- chapter three verse fifteen. The Bible says that I will put an em- an enmity, open hostility between you and the woman. And between your seed, bracket offspring, and our seed, and he said, "He shall, he shall fatally bruise your head, and you shall only bruise his knees, his heels." Sorry. So basically, what the Bible is saying here, we see the the. The, the the prophecy that God was sharing here, that see there would be a, an issue between the seed of the woman and the seed of of the devil. I he you know the snake here. He said he said this is how it would happen. You would it would fatally destroy your head, and you would only bruise his heels. Now when you're looking at the head of a snake it is more or less like talking about control his head it means the place of crown the place of authority and we'll be looking at that as we and when you look at the heels of the he said you would it would hit you and it will bruise you at the heels and we'll be looking at that also as we move on (coughs) but you know we 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 later Last week we let a trace that this issue about the seed was coming up all through the scriptures. And you see where 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 the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, it says this promise you were spoken to the also Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says that these promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed and to his seed the scripture does not say his seeds but please let me just quickly point out something here is that when you go to that Genesis you will see that that Genesis says our seed but when God was speaking to Abraham he was talking about his seed because by the time the final person that will give birth to that child will to that seed will not have the combination of a man. So, he is referred to in that scripture as a seed. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And you will begin to... Now, what I'm trying to say, this Galatians brings it clear. When God said, these promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture did not say to, to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person, that is Jesus. Meaning one person, that is Jesus. You know, and we were looking at it last week, where Jesus was now saying that except a seed before fall, fall into the ground, it will not have more seeds, will not be able to appear. So Jesus was saying, what will happen is that when I die, a lot of seeds will appear that would ensure fatal end to the rule of, of, of the devil. And one thing that came after Jesus had, had had resurrected is the church, is the body of Christ. And you will begin to see this that the Bible, you know, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, 9 says that, I have to us that 9 says to us that it says the great dragon was hauled down. The ancient the great the, the, the great dragon was hold down the ancient serpent. Basically, what the Bible is saying is that the reference to Genesis is Satan himself. Satan himself. And he says that, and you know where we read on the Bible says that it would, he said, he said it, it will crush your head. And you see that in Romans chapter 16, verse 20, the Bible says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And you know, may God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we begin to look at the the, the influence of these two seeds that we have seen through scriptures and we discussed last week is that when Jesus will see people and Jesus will say that the devil, the devil is your father, what he's saying is that you are under his influence. And Jesus was not talking to that about, he was talking about Pharisees. So when he, um, John chapter 8, verse 44, he went on, he says that, he, he, says, he says that you are of your father, the devil. It is your will to practice his desire is which are cast characteristics or which are of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, when he lies, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar and a father of all lies and half truth. So when, what Jesus was actually pointing them to is that Jesus was basically saying the challenge the between me and you has nothing to do with you. It comes from the beginning about the issue around the seed. Around the seed. And that is what you would see when Jesus... So one of the greatest places... Just, just cutting through a couple of things, but one of the greatest, one of the main challenge where this battle would always be seen according to scripture is on the field of, of, of um, evangelism. Where the clash of the church and the kingdom of darkness would always be is when you go out on our and you will see when Jesus Luke chapter 10 tells us that Jesus appointed 70, and he told them to go everywhere to go and preach, and he told them to go and preach. Then we, we shared this the last first class. He said, He said, I am sending you like a lamb between wolves. So, what he's saying is that as you are going out. It is. It was saying that it is a dangerous territory. But, and you will begin to see that he says, he says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. It said ask God, the God of harvest, to therefore send workers into His field. So basically, Jesus is saying, don't ever think that there is nobody to be saved. There is nobody to share the gospel with. Jesus said the fact that there are more than enough than you. There are more than enough than you. And the Bible, we saw that, the Bible says that when they returned, when they returned, the 70, let's go to verse 17, Luke chapter 10 verse 17, the Bible says the 72 returned with joy and and they said, Lord, even demons were subject to us in your name. He said, He replied, I saw Satan fall. Why did Jesus say that? Because it is an issue of the Garden of Eden. So when he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, he said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. What was he referring to? Back to the garden of Eden. Because it, that is where the control is. And he said, he said, he said, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, he said, nothing will harm you. Even though I am sending you out to like a sheep between wolves, he said, nothing will harm you. Let's go on, please. So the Bible says, however, do not rejoice that the Spirit has subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. At that time, Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. And he said, Father, I praise you. uh, I uh, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and the earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned." but you have revealed it to the children. Now, one of the rare occasions where you see the Bible talk about Jesus expressing joy is when souls are one. The only place you will see the Bible says everyone rejoices is when the Bible says, there is rejoicing in heaven for every soul that is one. So somebody will say, I want to throw a party. Mm-hmm. The way that one can acknowledge any party mm-hmm. is when a soul is one. Does that make sense? So you know, if you want to, if you want to celebrate your bad day, and you say, "Ah, oh, how do I celebrate my bad day today?" I want to, I want to gather my friends. I want to make it big. That is good. That is aye. That is no. <laughs> but for heaven to know, you can wake up in the morning and go and share the gospel with somebody. That is the only record that heaven has. And we said this also that when we do Ikore harvest, it is good. But those fruits is not, it is a significant, God is looking for something. The fruit that you bring, you are the one that will take it home. God will never eat the fruit. God will rather you not bring fruit, but bring your the sauce that you have won and place it before him and say, God, this is my harvest. Because that is your own harvest. Harvest is you see. It is good to bring fruits, but heaven would be more grateful if you can walk in on harvest Sunday and say, uh, "Sorry, you see." What I used to say to people, I don't. We will get there. Harvest is not for us. Harvest is for members to stand outside and the souls that you are brought before God in the year. Say, God, we are, uh, you can sit there because you are my you are my seed that I'm bringing before God. And we say, ah, did you, I, I don't know. Why not I know, you know, my harvest is out, it's there. It is, it is. I am, harvest, I am presenting my harvest before God. So when you go and bring banana and you bring it before God, It is good. But God is saying, This banana, what does this signify? What is the issue? Why is what what is that, What is this banana about? Because afterwards, people will take the banana and go. And God is saying, I thought they said they did harvest. Where is the one that we can recognize in heaven? That heaven will take and say, Yes, they did harvest in that place today. But we'll get there. Amen. We'll get there. You know? That's why it is good to always invite people, churches and things like that. But, you know, there are so many people. Jesus said, harvest is plenty outside. You can't bring them in. You can't bring them in. And the Bible says here, it says, Jesus said, and this is where Jesus said that, this thing is hidden. That means, this kind of thing, people don't, it is not something that people will count but Jesus said, Ah, these things you will never see that Jesus opened the eyes of a blind person and it he was you, it he was to That's why he said to them, Don't worry, see those ones, demons are those ones, they will happen. But the main one that we are looking for is a soul that is one to God. God grant us grace in the name Amen. of Jesus Christ. And see, even though the harvest is plenty, the Bible says something, you know, people would say, if people, if people are going to know God, they're going to know God. Have you ever had that kind of sentiment before? Let's Don't raise up your hand. How you, many of us here, you know, have somebody that you know that has not in this country and does not have any understanding of about Jesus. It, it they don't even know what it's about. Do you have a friend like that? Nobody. Ah, the well, sure. church. No, yeah. Call you. or somebody that you know, that's why right, somebody that you know. Yeah. You don't have them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I have them. Don't who in this country do not really do you know that statistics happened at a time that in this country David Beckham was more popular than Jesus in this country? So, what I'm trying to say is that you will see why the scripture is right, thinking that people know in this country now, if you are wrong. There are people who went to the Evangelism when I was explaining Easter to a Muslim girl and were explaining to her, she was like, ah, she never had the banner, but she had Christians who were friends, but some of those Christians do not even know what Easter is about. Easter egg and. So for us to understand the issue in this country that at times you feel that people know but majority of people have no clue what you're talking about some of them have had something about jesus but they don't know anything aside from that somebody called jesus they've never had that's why the bible says yeah, it says let's go to romans please next scripture the bible says that the bible says everyone who calls on the name of the lord shall be saved but the Bible now says, how can they call on the one who they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not had? So you are saying that they should believe in Jesus. How? Some of, do you know that there are three, at least in this generation now, we, we have so many three generations that have never stepped into church. Okay, maybe they're grandparents. But parents and children, children they have never stepped anywhere near the church. And they don't even know what you're talking about. And the Bible says, how can they, it said, it said, it said, it said how can they believe of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without somebody telling them? So, even in the days of the Bible, the Bible is saying, there are people who have not heard at times, we are, I think we are being deceived by thinking this country is a Christian nation. But you have people who are not Christian by notes. Somebody said I'm a Christian, but they've never been stepped into a church before. They've never had a sermon in their life. I have some of them like that at my workplace. They don't even know what you're talking about. And the Bible says. How can they, he said, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? It is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The Bible says the feet. Where did God say the devil would try to bruise your heels? That is why one of the most unpopular things a Christian, you have some Christians who have never shared their faith once in their life. And why? Because the Bible talks about the gospel of the, the gospel of truth is our standard. So where the devil will keep on attacking the church is the healing. That is sharing the gospel. You can do every other thing. Ah, you can do you can do whatever you want to do. But to now invite or speak to somebody about Jesus. Ah that is where the warfare is. That is where the warfare is. God grant us grace in the name of Amen. Jesus Christ. Romans chapter one, verse 16 to 17. The Bible says "He uh, says I'm reading the, the, uh, the new living by said I am not ashamed of God's good news. That is the gospel of my good news. He said it is the it is God's powerful method to bring all who believe to heaven. He said this message was preached first to the Jews Jews alone and now to everyone who, who is invited to come in the same way. This good news tells us God makes us ready for heaven. He makes us right in the sight of God. When we put our faith and trust In Christ that saved us. The Bible is saying that the gospel is God's power to save. So if the gospel is not preached to somebody, it is impossible to save them. We we'll just draw this a little bit to a close, I know, is that Second Chronicles, Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three, the Bible says, But I fear least somehow as the serpent deceived he the greatest tool in the hand of the devil is deception. And the Bible says, by his craftiness, so that your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity in Christ. What what does that mean? Is that the gospel is so simple, you would think, you know, just telling somebody that you give your life to Christ. The Bible says that is the deception that the devil uses. It will make you think that what you are saying is irrelevant. What you are saying cannot save anybody. Leading somebody to Jesus, sharing your faith with somebody, is not powerful. The Bible says that the devil has a way of corrupting our mind to not seeing the simplicity that is in Jesus. The gospel may appear very basic, It may appear very simple, but the Bible is saying that is the power of God. In the simplicity of it, don't complicate it. Just share it. You cannot save yourself. You did, I was sharing the gospel with you. Know, with the, some, I did a recording of, of the gospel, and you know, sent it over the so And what I was sharing in that recording was that you did not bring, you did not determine what, when you came to, into this world. You cannot determine the second you may take your life, but you cannot determine the second you would leave this world. What that means is that you are not in control of your life, and somebody who gave that to you. Will ask you what you did with it. And once we begin to, I'm just going to share a story with us. A guy called, can I have this? Um, I don't know, do you have the name of Okay. This, you might have watched it on Netflix. There is a. Um, this is Jeffrey Dorman here, and you have Roy um, Ratcliffe in here. Now, can I come out a So, this man is the one that preached the gospel to this man. Now, let me give you a definition of how Wikipedia writes. Describes Jeffrey Doman. Let's follow, please. He said Jeffrey Doman, uh, Jeffrey Leon Doman, also known as the, uh, the, the cannibal and things like that, American Cannibal or monster, uh, uh, was an American serial killer, a sex offender who committed murder and disembarked this disembarkment. Dis- 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 of 17 men and boys. This guy, when he killed people, he will cut them into pieces and put them in the place. He was caught because one of his victims eventually ran. And he, caught, he saw the policeman and he came in and arrested him. He was not under. He was not mad or having any kind of mental issue. Now, when this man, let's go through the first time, When this man was got a call that somebody wanted to see him, the mind person that called him for the prison said, "Are you sitting down, please?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Is anybody around you?" So, oh, what is the problem? he said, a guy, somebody has asked to be baptized. He said, Jeffrey Dorman. And the guy said, oh. But he never, when you say something in the news, he's never had the depth of what that guy did. So he went to the prison and he began to speak to him. One of the things that Jeffrey Dorman said to him, he said, he was brought up in in a home that showed him discipline. But when he left, he began to have a world view and begin to listen to a couple of things that was saying that human beings we just appeared from no you know we just we're just molecules that just appeared, and when we die, you know we, that is the end. There is nothing at the end. There is nothing in the beginning. Now what that began to make him feel is that I can do anything now. You know, if there is no no consequence, there is nobody I'm reporting to then I can do anything. Then that idea began to grow in his mind and say, okay, this world is about who is the fittest. So I can, it's like we are living in an animal jungle. The more people I hit, the more powerful I become. That was how it started, very basic. But it started from taking away God and saying, this world, you know, we are just all here. Nobody knows where we are going. So, you know, why, why would I now want to live a life that is... And he began to... What I'm trying to say is that this man began to... Utter, then he had a couple of visits with him. So his wife now had... His wife now said, please, do you make, want to make sure that you went to read about this guy well? So he went to the library to go and read about the person he's speaking to. They had Bible study every Wednesday as he was taking Jeffrey Dorman to the scriptures and he asked for baptism he said I asked him well if he knew the indication of what he was saying and he said I am convinced in my mind that you know, he actually understood he met Christ and Jeffrey Dorman after being baptized he said to the, said to the guy he said you know why am I not being killed? Because normally it should have been a death sentence, but the state in which he was, they have stopped killing people, so it is life imprisonment. And he said, "Yes, the Bible." He took it to the Book of Romans. He said, "The Bible says that the, the the government has the power of the sword and the stick." He said, "They have decided not to use the sword, but they have decided to use the stick. So for the rest of your life, I spend it in this prison." know that God has called you to do something. And he said, "For the, as long as I live in this world, I will make sure I keep sharing the gospel to every inmate in where I am. Sadly, or some people will say, well deserved, somebody killed him in the prison. And this thing has caught a lot of stare, especially because I think Netflix <laughs> it's yeah. just out. But please note that Netflix will also dramatize a couple of these because they are trying to sell something to you. But what I'm trying to say is that even, I've seen a lot of YouTubers, Christian YouTubers, everybody are going back and forth on it. He goes, ah, you know, you know isn't it, is it that God is not saying that, ah, you know, this guy killed people in December and things like that. And the man said that he now discovered that you know people do not understand the gospel at all. When they were doing a memorial service, I don't know if the name is covered, but you'll see it in, can I have the next slide? You'll see it, you know, uh, what I'll just say that for a balance, please listen to the interview of the man himself, but, but the man said that when they were doing a, um, a memorial service for him, after he had been killed in the prison, he said some people came and they brought, they came with a woman. And after they did the service, people spoke about him and things like and I said he did not know that one of those women that came was, one of, the brother, was the one, that he, one of the brothers that he killed. And when that woman came in, and after that, he said he went to meet that woman. And he said, how are you? And the woman said, yes, yeah, I am blessed by what I've had. And the man said, he said older, he told her, I said you have been deceived this man that you have come to his memorial is the one that killed your daughter. He said, I didn't want her to have a wrong impression. And he said that, the woman said, I did not know when I came. But later, the lady that told me explained it to me, said, I was hungry. But when I began to hear how a man like that was reached by Christ, I too now want to know that God, even better. In her tears, she she gave her life to Christ. And in as much as people go, is it, you know, and when you read the book of Paul, that same Paul that you read in scripture was reached by God in the same way. So when you discover that Paul is having issues within the church, it is just as people are raising their hands and saying no, God cannot just forgive him like that. And, you know, that doesn't minimize the pain of those as he has killed their family. But what he shows is that there is no one too far that God cannot reach him. How did Jeffrey Dorman know somebody sent in a Christian literature in prison that he picked up. The question is how would they know except somebody shares the message to them? Maybe he wouldn't have gone that route and he would have had a Christian in his class. He would have walked past a Christian that saw him. Say, ah, this one, this one is gone, finally. This one is was gone. God can never reach it. But God surely found him. Jude exalts us. Chapter 1 verse 22. He said, indeed, have mercy on those who doubt. He said, save others by snatching them from fire. They basically, people are going to hell. Jesus, the Bible says, snatch them from fire and to others, show mercy mixed with fear, eating even the clothing sta- sta- stained by corruption of... Basically, what it's saying is that you can love somebody, but be careful not to be corrupted in that way of life. Somebody will say that, ah, you know, you know, yes, God wants you to us to walk and sinners away, but God is not expecting you to now become the converted. You know, somebody who you know, be a, you know, I should not. It, it, I, I will not sit down and be and be. You know, and and be because I want to convert somebody and I lose my own salvation. That's why he said, even in that mercy, be fearful so that your own soul is not corrupted. God grants us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And you know, one one thing that makes me see, I know know some people are struggling to reconcile Jeffrey Dummond and the salvation that he received. Some people are saying, no, you need to doubt this kind of salvation. And it's a difficult one to swallow. That is, that is the truth. So you see someone who has dismembered, <coughs> dismembered over 17 people. Not only killing them. At times he hates <coughs> some little slush. And but that shows how a human life can degenerate if it's far away from its creator. What the devil first of all did as deception is to take away the fear of God. Ah, don't worry, you can do whatever you can do. Nobody, you are, it is my life, it is my life. And as we go out, and as God is expecting us to step out and share the gospel Jesus said to us in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 to 20 he said therefore go and make disciples of nations baptize them in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost teach them to obey all that I have commanded you he said surely I will be I am with you Always, even to the hands of okay, Jesus. Basically, what Jesus is saying. As you go out and you're sharing the gospel with somebody, I am standing there with you. Don't think that you cannot speak well. Don't think that, what am I going to share with them? What am I going to say? The Bible says, I am there with you. It could be at your workplace. It could be talking to a friend and you're trying to pass the gospel to them, and they're a bit resisting, or you're saying, you know, I hope this doesn't go, Jesus is saying, I am there with you. And that is the faith that I want us to have as scripture teaches us to do as we go out. As we go out to go hand, you know, to, to go out and take, bring souls to God. You know, Jesus said that, Jesus said, those who gather with me who do I know. And like we was, God said about two weeks ago, or even I think two weeks ago now, God said, it is a commandment. I want you to take evangelism seriously, because how would they know, except somebody shares with them? You know, we're just going to just, as we come to the place of prayer, Jesus gave the parable once. Jesus said, there was a woman. So there was a man who was forgiving his his debt. And he went out and did not forgive others. He talked about the man with talent, the one that took talent and buried it. And did not increase it. That's where Jesus sees the gospel that you have had. Is that if you do not share it, not me, or if I don't share it also. The Bible, do you know what Jesus calls that? What did Jesus call the servant that went to the Wicked servant. As far as God sees it, it is wickedness to know the gospel and not bother sharing with somebody. They don't have to accept it is wickedness. Some people will be reading the Bible and we're talking about ah you saying you are the wicked one. Because if he says that people are going into fire, like Jude says, and you cannot reach out to try to snatch them, it is wickedness. Let us rise up. Please.